So you're going to have to drive the episode this week, not only because I'm in a little bit of an unfamiliar recording environment, but because I'm just primarily going to be sitting here watching your little Baby Yoda video on loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's what all the uh, the eggheads in San Jose at Adobe were thinking of when they, <laughs> they made Adobe Premiere. Yeah, bo- boredom is a hell of a drug. But yeah, I, I I don't have any intention of ever watching the mandolin thing. But uh, <laughs> Baby Yoda is kind of the best thing on the internet, and I'm I'm as as young people say, I'm super here for this. Mm-hmm. Can I actually so, take? Go ahead. I I have a I have a question, a, a a logistical question about how you came to make this little clip, which will be in the notes. Mm-hmm. How did you come across the videos, given that you don't watch the show? Because it's a ba- so. In my five, ten minutes a day that I permit myself uh, for Twitter, uh, because I use the algorithmic timeline, um, which in this case is actually useful, uh, Baby Yoda has been bubbling to the top. Maybe that's the algorithms that know I would like this kind of thing, but uh, there's a lot of Baby Yoda memes, and this one in particular where I forget what he was doing. I assume I assume he was adjusting the engines of whatever Starship or Star Trek the thing is driving, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it was a super fun one, and I, I in in these trying times and just when everything's garbage, I like frivolous fun things. Baby Yoda is one of the best things we've had going in a while. It's it's really delightful. I'm gonna send you a thing in the thing. So this is one I don't actually get because there's one where there's a Baby Yoda thing, and you can maybe link to the source material. But there's one where it looks like he's in the desert and he's just hanging out. But I've seen. So Mina Kims on Twitter posted this, and apparently I think she's a Seahawks fan or something. Ugh, but I don't I'm know. Not, I'm not putting this in the show notes. But what is this? Expl- explain to a non-sportsy, even though I am a sports person, but I just don't like football. What What is this? Why Why does he have eye black? Why does he have the number three and a Seahawks hat? I guess the implication here is that the Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson, sort of looks like baby yoda but he's a grown man yeah and i i assume it, especially given that this is uh made by a seahawks fan this is not meant as some type of like insult or anything but you know this is just a little um a playful caricature i suppose but again as as a as a 49ers fan i don't even feel right acknowledging or talking about this yeah yeah you haven't pivoted to being a Ra- uh, a ravens fan mm mm I don't even know about this. I'm just trolling at this point. I apologize. So yeah, so the link to Baby Yoda will be in the in the thing. I tried a number of songs. Uh, Shake It Off by Taylor Swift did not work as well. And um, yeah, I felt like Buble was a good fit. I feel like you, maybe you won't acknowledge this, but I feel like you sort of made that video for me. With the no. Buble and the Baby Yoda. I'm, no, I'm because there's a problem that, and this was going to be, this was going to be a different topic for a different show when we have more time, but um, I have a very carefully crafted Pandora station called Taylor Swift with Country Vibes, which is a earlier career <laughs> Taylor Swift based station that's got a decent amount of country. It's got some Carrie Underwood and stuff like that. But um, yeah, uh, about a week ago, maybe Pandora thinks they're being crafty with like holiday related stuff. But uh, Buble has been creeping into that station and he's never been there in the past six years that I've had that station. So it's very upsetting. So that's why. He was on the mind. Don't tell me that you've been thumbsing down his songs. Get the get out. 
get out of my station. I do not need this. I don't. There's enough enough going on. I, I don't need him interrupting Taylor Swift, followed by Carrie Underwood, followed by Rascal Flats, and then Carrie Underwood again. I have a very good station. It feels like a station that JoJo and Chipwood would very much appreciate. Um, going back to YouTube for a second, because um, I had an issue on my YouTube account where I have a Google Apps account. And I, for some reason, like I can never figure out why on my, on my like desktop computer and my like iOS devices, it would log me into my proper YouTube channel. But then on my Apple TV, it would always bring this empty account that belongs to my Google apps for business or G suite or whatever it's called. So I was trying to figure that out. And in, in doing so, I figured out that I have, um, this kind of goes back to the baby Yoda thing that I have one of the top videos. Like if you go to YouTube and uh, type in MagSafe introduction, I think my video is first or second. And I forget if we talked about this on the show. I'm going to YouTube mm-hmm. and you, uh, the listeners won't hear this because of the magic of our editing, but on my end, you cut out a little bit. So what, what is the term I'm searching for? Uh, MagSafe introduction. Safe introduction. Okay. And then my username on YouTube is thousandths. Right. So I think I'm the first or second result. Or maybe it's the algorithm skewing it for me. But yeah, I made a thing whenever when Breaking Bad was on. Remember the episode of Breaking Bad where um Jesse Pinkman yells uh yeah bitch magnets? I do remember that, yeah. So I inserted that into the Steve Jobs introduction and I and I forgot during that troubleshooting expedition, I totally forgot I'd uploaded that. And that, um, yeah, it's got 22,000 views. So I'm proud of that. So you're basically famous. Yeah, I'm, I'm Insta-famous. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm tube-famous. I'm a, I'm a YouTuber now. And the first comment on here is, wasn't, ex- wasn't prepared for that. And then the crying, laughing face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good times. Hmm. Yeah, it's a Baby Yoda. I should probably put the Baby Yoda thing on my YouTube, but it's fine. I thought I thought you were going to be a, a TJ's influencer, but maybe this is your real calling. No, I th- I, I think that the Trader Joe's thing has to happen because I'm I'm going to maybe this will be my thing. Back when Tumblr's used to be big, um, I'm just going to go to every Trader Joe's in the Bay Area and document what is their um, little mascot. Well, I was actually just going to say that maybe Baby Yoda can become a mascot for one of these stores. I don't want to pay the Disney merchandising rights. So even though I'm sure I could find a way on Trader Joe's to find somebody who like is selling, because this is a thing, because um, I because we've this is, I don't want this to be a me heavy episode, but whenever I can't sleep, sometimes I'll look on eBay for stuff. <laughs> we we need to we need to do an entire not I mean not not to make it like weird or too personal, but I feel like we do need to do an entire episode on all the random things you do when you can't sleep, which I you know I don't I don't mean to poke fun at your. Uh, insomnia, insomnia, but um, and and you well, you get the byproduct benefit of this because sometimes you'll see in in the uh, in the Slack you'll see something uploaded at three forty a.m. and well, yeah. I just I, I just assumed you do a uh, delay Slack message like you send your uh, emails on a delay. Oh, can you do that? Can I can I fake being, <laughs> being there? There has to be a plugin or something to make that happen. Uh, yeah, Slack's pretty extensible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It so seems like my... something somebody would have done. Got my Snoopy emoji. Um, 
What were we talking about? Oh, so Trader Joe's. So yeah, I'll, I'll do the thing. And yeah, I'll just make like a Tumblr or I'll make a website of just like mascots of Trader Joe's dot co dot UK. And let's write that down as a show title. <laughs> um, wait, what's the time? So yeah, so I'll do that. But what were we talking about before that? Oh, but yeah, the, the the Disney merchandise, I assume, is too expensive. So if I was on eBay, that's where it was. Okay, it's all coming together now. So if I'm on eBay and I'm looking for somebody's old Trader Joe's name tag, because I think when people leave companies, they sometimes sell like their swag or their gear. And I assume uh, Trader Joe's crew members are probably, let me just, Trader Joe's name tag. Yes. <laughs> A whole bunch of people are doing this. But it, are, hmm, aren't aren't these people's names on their name tag? Well, yeah, but it's just like how um, Robin, what was, what's the name of the donkey? Uh, I forget, whatever. But yeah, I can do, um, yeah, I, I can do that and I can, but I don't want to pay for the merchandising where I assume Baby Yoda, like everything Apple, not Apple, Disney, I'm very tired. Uh, everything Apple, everything, you can, are you okay? I'm so tired. Um, everything Disney makes, like when it's not on clearance, um, like all their merchandise is super expensive. So I don't want to spend $48 probably on a three inch tall baby Yoda, which is probably what it is. Yeah. I saw that, um, target had put up some merchandise for pre-order today, but it was a bunch of Funko pops and some other <sighs> stuff that I wasn't really interested in. I'm very, very anti Funko pop. I kind of hate it. The only redeeming quality of it is they did make, uh, Alex Trebek Funko pop. But still, I th- I think they're just really, I think they're lame because they don't. I think, I think they're creepy. Well, yeah, but I just think that's the style. Like you kind of whether you like it or not. But I feel like it's just too. Their fo- their focus is too disparate. Like they they just make it for anything. Right. Like they have like Star Wars and they have Big Bang Theory and they have like they just have everything. So I don't know if they narrowed their focus a bit. Yeah. If they were like Apple, where they 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 make one thing, and they would never dabble with TV shows or stuff like that. A thousand no's for every yes. <sighs> um, unless it's a Game of Thrones knockoff. So, <laughs> what do we have in the document? Oh, hey, Ryan got a thing in the mail. Yeah. So I made a Black Friday purchase. It was, it was kind of my one and only black friday purchase and the the only one that i was really planning on making actually did it get any cheaper than it was already i think it was no. the same deals okay it, it, it was the same deal you had sent me about two weeks before got it but then it had gone away and then it came back for black friday hmm. uh, so this was for the sony a7 III. is that how you say it out loud yeah it's because it's it's like kind of like the alpha sign and then the number seven and then it's not like the number one it's like eyes right like capital eyes it's very it's very strange written down if you want to say it in a sony language it's the sony alpha a7 mark three and i I think that's very lame and pretentious that's kind of what i was asking but yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna refer to it that way Mm -hmm. i bought the mirrorless camera that you recommended a couple months ago Um, which is very exciting. I have not had the opportunity to use it yet, but um, nonetheless excited that I got it for what I feel like is a pretty reasonable price. Um, and um, I don't know. It's in in kind of the Syracusean kind of um 
making the way type of mentality. It's it's kind of preparing, for, the, way. Pre- preparing the way. Thank you. Um, it's kind of fun to you know look at all the the gear and stuff that you need to go along with it. So that that's sort of one I wanted to do a little check in on, which is sort of like what I've bought so far, and then sort of what I should have on my radar to buy next. Mm-hmm. So I bought the camera, obviously. Um, I bought a couple of those fast SanDisk uh, memory cards that your SD cards that you recommended. Mm-hmm. I bought the new six liter sling from Design Peak. That's going to be in the mail <laughs> Peak Design. tomorrow. Uh, what did I say? Design Peak. Design Peak. They should change their name. They can run with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also very tired. <laughs> um, so that that comes in the mail tomorrow. Do you have your account of those people that say uh, I, I have um, an Apple, not a Macintosh? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Or I work on IBM. That's kind of what that sounds like. Anyway, please yeah. continue. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of what I have so far. So obviously the big thing that's not on that list is any lenses. So you you were kind enough to um, loan me a. You gave me the the fifty five millimeter lens right mm-hmm. um so this is a 55 millimeter uh 1.8 lens right mm-hmm. it's a zeiss pronounced uh, pronounced like nice um yeah 55 millimeter 1.8 full frame lens yeah <clears throat> so i'm gonna kind of use that to start with because the lenses are quite expensive um <laughs> which i guess is maybe a good segue into talking about sort of what i should be thinking about buying next um and so on the topic of lenses i guess my question is are these lenses more expensive or are you sort of just sort of focused on nicer lenses because i i seem to remember that when i had my canon dslr that of course you could spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a lens if you wanted to but that there were a fair number of options more in that like three to five hundred dollar range which they don't really seem to be on the on the sony side so there kind of are and i would recommend having um bh photo dot photo open while we're talking about this yeah, let me let me do that so kind of so sony has they have sony's kind of like a they're kind of, kind of like apple in the way that you know they have a good better best type scenario right so they have their cheap lenses they have their g slash zeiss lines of lenses and those are two distinct lines but they kind of both fit into that middle tier and then they have the g master glass that's uh very 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 expensive and very good but very expensive so like if you look for sony fe 50 1.8 um and i will try to send you links to this so there's this lens and here's the thing like i've purchased and sold and tried a whole bunch of these um so I'll send you this one. So this is very sim- similar to the Canon Nifty 50 that is a very good lens for um, not a lot of money. But this lens has some problems. And I mean, if you want to, like if you want to start thrifty, I mean, it's fine. The problem with this one is the autofocus is slow and the autofocus is loud as well. Um, but it's a perfectly passable 50 millimeter lens. So, so I, have a, I have a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. 
One is, can you just briefly explain to the dummy photographer here just the, the quick difference between like a 35 millimeter and a 50 millimeter and a 55 millimeter lens? So that's one of the reasons why I intentionally uh, gave you the 55, which is kind of like if you think about your iPhone Pro, um, you have the the ultra wide, the standard lens, and then the telephoto, even though Apple uses the phrase telephoto wrong. Um, those emulate, I think, a 16 millimeter, a 28 millimeter, and a 50 millimeter lens. So that's where you have to think about how you shoot. Like, so my favorite focal length is 40 millimeters because it's close enough to get like decent compression and like, um, like subject isolation, but it's not like super wide where like somebody's face would get distorted in a shot. So like, if you think about like your, yeah, your default camera on the iPhone, if you're not, doing portrait mode or something that's um, a 28 millimeter lens so if that's what you prefer that's probably where you're looking at a either um, that 28 millimeter f2 that i sent you or the 35 millimeter one that's uh, i think 750 dollars so the the larger millimeter lens like the way to think about that is sort of like a wider angle lens the opposite whereas the number goes up like like an 85 millimeter lens means like so like the one that i used at that relay event where I actually got like fairly decent shots from being like maybe 20 feet away. Like an 85 millimeter lens is a good portrait lens. That's uh, like far more zoomed in. It's like a 16 millimeter lens, like an ultra wide that you might use for like real estate photography. Got it. Um, whereas 35 is what most people think of as kind of like the standard focal length. And then the 55 is. That's a more interesting one where you can see, hey, is this too tight indoors where I feel like I'm having to walk backwards a lot? Um, or do I actually like this? Right. Because um, the... Go ahead. No, no, no. Finish your thought. And then, yeah, because the 55, that particular one that you're using or that you will use is it's a really good small lens with silent, fast autofocus with good contrast and isn't relative to many other things that expensive like for the 899 that it's on sale for it's a very good lens it just depends on whether or not you think that focal length works for you if it's too tight indoors or if it works for you got it because i also have the 35 i just haven't gotten much use out of it just because I, I really like the manual focus 40 millimeter that i had so so then my second question for you, after you gave a little introduction of this first lens, which will uh, be in the notes here, when you said that the autofocus is slow and it's loud, like how, how did you, how do you know that? Or do you just know that by having tried it? Having tried it. And also like, this is something that you should never do. You shouldn't read many reviews. Like you should maybe look at, like if you look at B&H and B&H like reviewers are generally very generous. So like this, this lens has four out of five stars that basically in most other websites would be like 2.5. Hmm. So it's like, and if you just look at, and also BNH has, if you click on the reviews tab, they have a good one where they do kind of the Amazon thing where it's most helpful, critical review and most helpful, positive review. And even the most helpful positive one says, yeah, it's slow and, and loud. Got it. Which is fine. But for like for the money, like it's, it's a fifth, the cost of the Zeiss one. And like optically, I mean, it's probably 70% as good. It's just that it has those two things. And it's not like it would be like distractingly loud. It's just kind of annoying. So I don't know. It it just depends. So if I, if I had to have 
let's say two lenses because I think I think that's probably what the budget's going to allow for. What do you what do you think are the two lenses I should have? I think you need three and it's I think and I think I've already kind of sent you. I think this. I think or, you yeah, I think you when we when when we did our big camera to- topic, I think you did recommend three. So I think these are the three that you need. So yeah, so I mean the 28mm like it's a nice small very very light lens. Um it's almost half the cost of the um 35mm, but it's it's still a pretty good lens. Um the 55 is basically the same one that's on loan and then the 24 to 105 is kind of, is is one of my favorites like it's my travel lens like it's it's been everywhere and it it's it's like a minivan lens. It does almost everything pretty well. Um, like this would be like your Disneyland lens, like where you kind of need something that can be used for everything. And because it's on sale for $200 off, um, that's a pretty good price. And that price only comes around like about three times a year. So, um, so you sent me the 20, so the 28 millimeter F2 lens, mm-hmm. 24 to 105 is what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. And then the, the 55 1.8, which is, the, is that, that's the exact lens that you've got on loan. Yes. Got it. Or that I, I guess I have on loan. Um, hmm, okay. So I guess maybe like, so the, the 24 to 105, that's the Disneyland lens. Then what, what are the other two? The other two, like the 28 millimeters, probably like the walking around the house lens. And the, I don't like, I don't know. They're just different. That's where, again, like kind of get a feel for how you like 55 millimeters as a focal length and to see, does it, does that seem too limiting or does that fit with the way you think? Otherwise, um, you know, is, is 28 good enough? Like, yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of preference. The, the 28 is cheap enough where it feels kind of like almost like impulse buy territory. And I know that seems like really douchey to say about something that's almost five hundred dollars but it's and it's good enough and also because sony is kind of on the upswing their stuff has excellent resale value so if it turns out you buy something you don't really like you'll probably be able to recoup 70 percent of your money even including like ebay fees so that's what i've told myself to rationalize stuff that i've purchased and maybe not loved in the end so this so this 24 to 105 that's that 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 eleven ninety eight price that's pretty much the best best you can do. Yeah, I paid fourteen when I originally got my A seven R three, and yeah, it's been rock solid. It's been around the world. It's it's been fantastic. Yeah, so th- those are the three. I w- I would try with the primes first, and but if if you can, no, you can't hide the expense. But if you if you can get um permission to uh take advantage of the 24 to 105 while it's on sale and then just resell if it turns out to not be essential to you i would maybe do that rather than waiting um and until you need it or like until you guys have like a family vacation or something and then you're paying 1400 for it that's what i was going to say is that you know this camera is going to be really really focused on pictures of the baby for the next you know six months where I mean, it's going to be focused on, you know, the baby for, for a long, a lot longer than that. But these first six months are going to be, you know, there's not going to be a lot of traveling and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, maybe the, maybe the two prime lenses are kind of where my focus should be. Um, <laughs> focus, uh, um, 
so this, and the, I think you told me this before the hundred dollars that, um, the 55 millimeter lens is currently on sale for that's about the best it does. And then how come this 28 millimeters not on sale? Uh, maybe I like it because the way uh, Sony also does it, if it's selling well enough on its own, they just, they don't put it on sale. Yeah. So it's like why the G master lenses rarely ever go on sale. And, um, yeah. And that's maybe because the 35 millimeters new, that one's not either. Got it. And then, uh, last lens question. Um, do you, the little like, um, pouch thingy that the lens that you let me borrow is in, do you, do you just have those for all your different lenses? So I have a, like a small, medium, and large for each one. So like if I'm leaving my house and I've got my, cause like that, and that's the thing where I think you were asking about what's the difference between the peak design, um, or design peak five versus 10 liter ones. <laughs> so, um, so you actually lucked out because I like the six L the six liter wasn't available when I bought mine, but like the five liter, um, that one again will fit, uh, the full frame camera with like a medium size lens on it and one small extra lens and a Kindle. And it's like, it's, it's perfect. Whereas the, um, the 10 liter can fit like my 70 to 200 telephoto lens and an extra lens and a 10.5 inch iPad all comfortably. So I think the six, the six liter is perfect. And now, yes, yeah, so now that they've got the six liter, it, it, it can, can fit, fulfill your dream of the camera and iPad setup because the six liter, I, I guess the reason they bumped up to that size is so that it can fit the 11 inch iPad pro that, that they say it can fit an 11 inch tablet. Yeah, I was looking at like the photography forum that I go to and people were uh, taking pictures of it. It looks big. Like it looks much closer to the 10 than the 5. So I don't know just because yeah, the the um with the 5 liter I have, there's no way that the uh, the iPad even comes close to fitting. So yeah, but we'll see. So yeah, let me let me know how it is. Um you just got pure black or just like all black? Um I got no, I got the um I got the color that um I wish they sold the, um, well, I guess they, they did sell the backpack in this color, but I, so the, you know, the back, the quick little sidebar, the backpacks on version two now, which is very, very upsetting. <laughs> Although they didn't improve the accessory pouches. It doesn't oh, look like. They're, so. they're slightly deeper now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I um, looked, I looked at their white paper and it was not that encouraging, but. Right. But they at least do have the charcoal color, which I, which is the backpack I have, but I, you know, have version one, which has the red accents, which I don't hate, but also don't love. Whereas now all of the accents are like that, the nicer tan color, mm -hmm. um, which is all a segue into saying that I, I bought the um, kind of gray color with the tan accent. And it's like ash, I think mm -hmm. is the, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like this blue. Hmm. Interesting. Blue and, and brown leather. Okay. But I, but I, I, I can't, I, there's no budget for any of these, but yeah. yeah. So, um, and then I guess my other big question for you was, so you had sent me in the thing, a couple of other recommendations, uh, the other day. Thank you for that. Um, and some of the recommendations were, um, SD card adapters, both for lightning and for USB-C. And is, is that because you just find that to be quicker and easier to work with than trying to do like the wi-fi pairing or something um that the camera natively supports so it depends on who you are um but i i found especially when i was having like my travel year i if you're transferring more than a handful of photos at the time the wi-fi thing is fine 
but like if you're like me where i split because the camera has two different card slots where it's raw on one one card and jpeg on the other just having a lightning to sd card reader and being able to offload 600 photos in like 90 seconds is way better than waiting for wi-fi to transfer and it taking like 20 minutes right like for for a couple photos at a time the wi-fi is actually like the play memories app is one of the better camera like smartphone apps but for more than a handful of photos it's it's kind of it's kind of a pain in the ass so that's where the lightning one is for the phone and the USB-C one is for either your laptop or your iPad because of course uh, Apple doesn't put SD card slots on the laptops anymore right um and you do you do the uh raw on one SD card and jpeg on the other again just as like a convenience thing so that you if you quickly want to share a photo, you've already got it in JPEG and you don't have to worry about any sort of like conversion or anything. Well, even if you chose to, because like the way you can set it up, and this is why I think it'll be interesting because you're probably gonna have to set aside an hour to not go through the manual, but just kind of to customize the button layout and stuff. Cause I think the default, like out of the box configuration on Sony cameras is kind of terrible. Like, I just don't know whose shooting style it fits. Um, but yeah, you can choose whether or not you want the second card slot to just be a one-to-one, like a RAID 1, um, backup in case you have a card failure, or you can have RAW and JPEG on one and video on the other, or, um, RAW on one and JPEG on the other. So it's, it's entirely up to you. I do it as a convenience thing because, um, the SD cards have proven fairly reliable where that's never been a thing, where I've really needed the redundancy there, knock on wood. Right. And then when it comes time to like quickly getting an image on your iPad or your phone, I assume it's just, it's just easier to transfer a, a JPEG than a RAW. Kind of. Oh, sorry. That's where I was going with that. Um, even if you choose to have RAW and JPEG right on the same one, like it's fairly easy even in the iOS camera importer to tell which one's which because the camera is still spitting out both files unless you explicitly say uh, RAW images only. But the JPEGs relative to the RAW file sizes is very small so there's no real reason not to um no you can still do it if you're doing it both on a single card but for fast offloading onto an ios device i've found that that giving up the redundancy for speed is 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 way is is worth it yeah that makes sense yeah and then yeah that little tiny tripod which is a former uh chef special it's the best 20 dollars i've ever spent except i've bought it three times because i just want one in every bag because it's it's the best um And then the last thing was a um, Thunderbolt cable, because the one thing I do like is one, this camera can charge over USB-C without having to carry like a separate lithium ion battery charger with you. It'll charge over USB-C at a high speed. And also because um, the Butterfly MacBook Pro doesn't have an SD card reader, it's nice to be able to plug it in with a five gigabit per second uh, connection and have both card slots accessible instead of like fiddling around with an SD card reader and two separate cards. Yeah. So having a true fast Thunderbolt cable, um, even though this is not a Thunderbolt device, is nice versus you using a USB-C cable like the one that the iPad Pro ships with that is technically actually only a USB-2 cable. God, the... The whole USB-C, Thunderbolt 2, Thunderbolt 3, USB 3, it's, that's all such a mess. You know, and it's it's so hard to figure out, and it's also so difficult to, like, in where, like, the six-foot cable uh, transmits at this speed, but you have to have uh, three feet or shorter to get 20 gigabits a second. Okay, and Exactly, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I also, um, this was a small Black Friday sale that I happened to stumble upon when I bought that sling from uh, Peak Design or uh, Design Peak, uh, as I would say, mm-hmm. um, which you have not recommended. And I, I don't know if you've even used this, so I'll send you the link. But it, it was on a decent sale for Black Friday, and it seemed like it would be potentially kind of handy. Oh, this is actually no, this is not what I was thinking. Well, mm, okay, so this is how do you envision yourself using this? It, it's sort of unclear. Um, I saw that it was on sale and then kind of just started flipping through some of the uh, pictures. And I, I think what's appealing about it is the idea of having the camera be very quickly accessible. So like the two images that stood out to me are where it's clipped onto one of the backpacks and then another image where it's clipped onto a belt. And I think, I think just, you know, if, if we're out like at a picnic somewhere or just some other type of like day trip sort of thing where I, you know, I'm not quite sure exactly like when I'm going to want the camera at the ready, um, you know, maybe even having it inside of the sling, there's, there's just enough little resistance there to like take it out and, um, get it ready versus just having it literally already out and ready to go. So I don't, I don't know. Again, it it was on a, it was on a pretty decent sale for Black Friday. So it was, it was definitely just an, an impulse buy sort of thing. Um, the $70 full price is a little steep. Um, so I'm, I'm not exactly sure how this is going to fit in, but I don't know. Seems kind of handy. Let me know. Cause I, I've always thought that it seemed like I've always worried. And I know like peak design makes really, really strong stuff. Like, and, and, and it's good and people trust it. I've always just been super nervous about just leaving like a $4,000 camera kit, just hanging off my bag. And I, and I clumsily bump into something, but in terms of like the quick, uh, quick access, like that totally makes sense. So yeah. So I'm, uh, yeah, let me know how it works. I will. Um, I I guess I actually, I I lied. I I did have one more lens question. Um, lens filters, lens caps. No. Do you believe any, any of that stuff? No, not even a cap. No. So here's like, there's so much uh, and be careful, like be careful with whatever like gear guides you read. Like as long as you have a decent camera bag or like, you're fine. You don't need when you're storing something lens caps. Sure. Uh, lens filters, the problem is most lens filters are garbage unless you spend more money than you're willing to spend. Right. Like, cause most of them are some polycarbonate like garbage. So yeah, I don't think it's necessary at all. Um, yeah, lens filters, unless you're going to get like a neutral density filter, which that's something that makes the, um, it stops a lot of light from entering the lens. So that would be like, if you want to do like a daytime long exposure, like unless you're getting a lens filter for artistic purposes, I think it's entirely unnecessary. If you're being careless enough with your camera where you think you're going to break a lens and that that filter is going to help, then maybe one should change whatever they're doing. Yeah. And then like, just like, I mean, in terms of like transportation and stuff like that, like those little, um, I forget what they're called. Think tank, something or others, like the little thing I have that lens in. Like if you're just going to maybe want, you're taking a trip across, like, uh, across the country and you just want to throw some lenses in like your, um, what's the opposite of a carry on in your checked luggage, like you would maybe buy some of those and then put the lens cap on. Cause like every, um, 
every lens that you buy new comes with a lens cap. Oh, that's uh, true. But yeah. you just, I just those all go into a drawer for me, and it's just not necessary. Right. Yeah, so don't worry about it. Just yeah, just point point the camera down when you're changing a lens so you don't get dust in it, and it'll it'll all be fine. All right, I think that's all I've got. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm I'm really really excited. Um, you know, I, it's again not it's been kind of one of those weeks where there just hasn't been the time, but I I am I am really excited to sit down and um just kind of play around with it and even yeah the, that initial setup I'm kind of excited to go through. I hope you get to the point where um all these fake iPhone depth effects just drive you nuts after you've seen what actual actual lenses look like. The, so one thing I um I guess my my biggest hesitation with getting a standalone camera like this is I feel like what's becoming such a key feature with the iPhone camera is just all of the software and all of the like I I was just I I can't remember what the name of this app was but it was it was one of the Apple's app of the year award winners or something Yeah, it's uh, I think it's called Spectre. Yeah, like all like all that stuff. I feel like that's the maybe the biggest downside with a standalone camera is you're just you're missing out on a lot of that. Am I am I wrong about that? Kind of. Like I get it because here's the thing. So if we did like the elephant in the room is uh, uh what's what's it called? Pixel did it first. I think it was called um night shift on pixel and now it's called night mode on the iphone like that kind of stuff if you think about it like if anybody in the scene moves um even though night mode is much better than um handheld long exposure on a traditional camera like the advantage that people get out of the night mode demos like you can you can accomplish that on a traditional camera with like just a little bit of practice that's fine but the specter stuff i think that's cool but i i think people overestimate how much they would use that and also, how often would you have your fancy camera with you and not your phone if you really wanted to do that type of thing? Right. That's true. Like, I don't know. Like, I think more about, like, if you're trying to document a new family, you aren't going to, in 10 years, be hoping you had, and I mean no ill will towards this app, but like kind of like a gimmicky, um, artsy, uh, computational photograph. I'm I'm not going to hope that all of my photos were live photos, is what you're saying. I've been meaning to ask this to everybody. I know. Uh, do Do you still have live photos turned on? I'm not a I'm not a monster. No. So you have it turned off? Of course. Yeah, it's it, I. That's one feature that it's kind of like 3D touch, where I just I just don't think it caught on. I think most people accidentally have live photos turned on, and then you can hear them like half their conversation when you send it when they send you an iMessage for three seconds (laughs) to be fair there are one-off occasions where i'm like oh you know what this will be a neat live photo and i do turn it on and it it's a neat effect but it's the default is off of course and it's like one out of every thousand photos where that's you know that's a thing yeah, and then I always like uh, like then whenever somebody sends me a dog photo, I always secretly hope it's a live photo. But I know why it should be off. Right. Yeah. So in terms of the computational stuff, I kind of agree with you, but also I think most of it, if you're some like if you're trying to take a photo that lasts, I think mostly you just want a classically good photo. Yeah. Well, that's why I bought a standalone camera. All right. Uh, oh, and then the last thing you have to figure out is is um, how you're gonna get a license to Lightroom. Um, 
I mean, I, I assume I'll just do the Adobe Cloud thing, right? Yeah, do they still have the $10 a month photography plan? I don't know. I haven't looked at that in a long time. Yeah. Because that's, that's the Jason Snell bundle, and, and that's usually a pretty good one if you don't need any of the other Creative Cloud apps. Uh, all right. Uh, what, what do we have that's not that? <laughs> what Anything else? Um, oh, yeah. Something, something you threw in here. Uh, what happened to you with CarPlay? Or how did you experience CarPlay recently? So I've gone on a couple of trips recently and have rented cars. And um, on both occasions, the car had CarPlay which was kind of a nice surprise. CarPlay is wonderful, especially in the rental car context, because even if with like Bluetooth, there's, there's just enough friction with getting that set up in a rental car um, where it's just, it's just kind of a pain. Whereas, you know, with CarPlay, it's you literally plug in a USB cable. There's basically no setup at all. And you're just, you know, you're just ready to go. And it's way better than just having Bluetooth because it's, all your apps it's your navigation um it's everything it's just ready to go which is which is really cool yeah yeah um both cars were they um like scroll wheel or dial based or both touch they were both touch what brand cars or what kind of cars were they one was a ford edge (laughs) so that was kind of a throwback Mm -hmm. um and then the other was a kia not an optima no. I think I think it was an Optima, yeah. Isn't it the worst car ever? It, I mean, it was fine. We, it drives like mashed potatoes. Yeah, I mean, we did not drive very much, so, you know. There's no ludicrous mode in that car? <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever it's called? No. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's mostly on uh, non-touch devices that the um, that new, like, weird home screen thing where there's two home screens is more jarring and annoying. But yeah, I just I just think it's 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 super easy to set up, which obviously is kind of specific to like a rental car situation. But then, you know, regardless of whether it's a rental car or like your own car, it, it just does a lot of really smart stuff with things like, you know, if you search for something in Google Maps and then you you know, plug in your phone when you get to your car, it you know, and you open Google Maps, it says, Hey, do you want to navigate here? <laughs> That's a new feature. It didn't used to do that. Uh, well, I, I assume a lot with CarPlay is new. Like, I know the ability to independently use your phone uh, separate from what's on the CarPlay display. Like, in other words, you don't have to have the same app open on both your phone and and on the CarPlay display. Like, I think that's that's new, like, in iOS 13, right? Yes. Which, you know, like, that would drive me nuts if you didn't have that. So I think I think I'm coming to CarPlay, like, at the right time because I... I'm trying to think like pre iOS 13, like pre the last couple of months, I think I had maybe used CarPlay like once before. I think I had it in a car like last Thanksgiving, but again, it was one of those situations where I hardly drove at all. So I've had very, very little time with CarPlay in the past. So maybe I'm just coming to it at the right time, but um, I think it's, it's really, really great. Um, and and I, I'm overall a I'm a fan of like Tesla's whole system, especially that I think the navigation stuff is great. The media stuff is okay, but overall it's it's good. But I part of me does still wish that CarPlay was there. Yeah, maybe they'll throw it in when full self driving comes out. <laughs> the guy at the store told me it'd be out in uh be out by the end of the year. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Twenty. 
26 days away. We haven't had a show in like three weeks. Hold on. Um, hold on. Let me just look at the outline and see if there's anything critical to talk about. Otherwise, we're talking about a Tesla test drive. Um, yeah, well, we should do. I was going to say that you know, the, the big joke I had saved for this episode was that we had taken a couple weeks off you know, before the last episode and then two big streaming services launched. Mm-hmm. And then now we took a couple more weeks off and there's been a couple of big um, EV announcements. Um, and, and related to that, yeah, you you test drove a, a Model 3. So lots to, talk, lots to talk about on the EV front here. Okay, so let's round this out with EV talk. Um, uh, you would, let's actually, this is interesting. What's, what's the, what, what's your immediate take on the Mach E from um, Ford? In case that wasn't obvious. I, I was actually pretty positive. It seemed like the, the general takeaway was that people did not care for the design. I actually think it's pretty nice. It's a, it's a little more curvy, especially on the front end than I'd maybe prefer. Um, but overall I, I like the look of it. Um, I also, I really like the, um, I like the interior. Um, it's not for everybody. It's, it's very much, it's, so it's the, it's, you know, it's, it's a screen. It, it's basically a, it's a model S or a model X where there's a, a, a full horizontal screen where traditionally there's been a dashboard and then there's basically just like, an Android tablet glued to the center console. Um, and, you know, I guess as you'd expect <laughs> from the owner of a Model 3, I actually tend to sort of like just the big screen in the middle. And Ford has been doing this um, with quite a few of their vehicles, including the 2020 Explorer has an option where you can get, a, I think it's like a 10 point something inch um, touch screen that's literally just an enormous vertically oriented tablet that's stuck to the front of the car and i i kind of like that i again i get it's not for everybody but um yeah i i think overall this seems like a a pretty neat car the i guess the biggest drawback is the um mustang branding because that just that doesn't really do anything for me um like I, I kind of almost just want like the um, Edge or Explorer equivalent of this car. Yeah. So basically, I mean, this this looks like a Model Y. Like it's it's a compact compact crossover, and I agree that it seems weird. I, I like I, th- I guess I think that um, like the Mustang branding. I like I'm not in tune with american cars that much but i guess maybe ford really reveres the mustang branding and thinks that's the most valuable thing that their company has even though the truth is the most valuable thing the company has is pickup trucks like maybe i'm just the wrong audience maybe like californians just don't care that much or have that much connection to like detroit but yeah the must the mustang branding doesn't do anything for me like it doesn't evoke opinions of a of a different time like so i don't I think I, like had they just started fresh, it would have been kind of nicer because like Mach E does not set, that's not a good name on its own. So just calling this the, the new Mustang, like I'm not sure that really makes sense. I guess yeah, I guess I would maybe even revise what I said. Where I I'm not really like an older car person per se, but I actually do have an appreciation for like an older classic, you know, 1960 something Mustang. Like that 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 was a cool car. The the modern Mustangs though, like what even are they? Yeah, they don't they don't do anything for me. 
Yeah. Um, so a car that's sort of centered around that aesthetic is is, and, and you know, and fortunately, I think they've they've toned down a lot, especially on the interior compared to like what a current day traditional Mustang is. But it's still just it's not not necessarily what I'm what I'm looking for. Yeah. So on the interior, like, so overall, like, yeah, again, it's like model Y sized where it's kind of like the size of a BMW, but X1 sort of, um, and like the looks are, it's whatever. Like, uh, I'm happy that it doesn't look like a Nissan Leaf or like the thing where like, or the BMW i3 where they're like, this is an electric car. It has to look weird. This one looks, I think a little ugly, but it's not ugly for the reasons EVs are usually ugly. Right. On the inside um yeah i really dislike the model s touchscreen like we'll actually get to in a sec but i actually think the model 3 um landscape orientation screen is actually much much nicer um so the big thing where it looks like they just shoved a 20 inch dell monitor in, in the center console i don't love that um but it's 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 fine yeah i just don't i i hope like i want ford to be successful because i really want somebody to take tesla out and I really think there's a lot of things that legacy car manufacturers know where they have an advantage in just the scale and operations to make good, reliable cars that maybe Tesla is still figuring out. But, I mean, when you compare that to Tesla's um, battery technology and manufacturing capacity and all the other stuff that they have going, and as we've talked about at length before, the supercharger network, like that's another advantage that they have that ford and others definitely will not that's yeah that, that was sort of the last main point i wanted to make which would be my primary hesitation even more so than like like something like the mustang branding um is just anything other than a tesla with um at least with evs it it's um i just i don't know like i i, I guess the charging situation for even non-tesla vehicles has gotten a lot better recently but Tesla just makes it so easy. Like you just never have to worry about it. Like they've got a simple home solution. The supercharger network could not be any easier to use. Um, it's just so simple. And it's like, you just like, there's already a little bit of a, you know, a mental barrier you have to get past with owning an EV and just sort of changing your mentality around just the way that you know you replenish your vehicle right like it's just it's just a, it's just a different way of thinking about that which can you know it can be a little um like i mean like the whole range anxiety thing like i, I think anxiety is a little bit of a um <laughs> maybe um exaggerated term here but like there is just there's a little bit of anxiety with having to worry about charging your car and i think tesla does a lot to help eliminate that whereas with ford and with any other manufacturer it's like okay now like do i need to get like an ev go membership or like am i going to use like the charge america or whatever it's called network like i don't know tesla just makes all that stuff so easy yeah so again <clears throat> i want tesla to fail or I, I want others to give tesla a really solid run for their money and use the advantages that they have and the weaknesses that Tesla has against them to kind of even out the EV market because most of the attempts that people have made haven't really stuck. Like the Leaf is a goofy car. The i3 was a silly car. Audi is kind of pulling, putting their whole 
their whole ass into it now with with the e-tron um but still that's kind of an expensive car like on that one i was pricing that out as well like and if you option it up to uh, some reasonable way that that starts out at ninety thousand dollars so that's that's not feasible for most people so like i i just want there to be good mass market ones to give tesla some competition because i as we'll get to with cybertruck in a second like i just i i want more adults in the room at tesla to because it's such an it's I don't want to say this. It's such an important company that just it doesn't have the leadership or focus that it needs. Like, and I know it has like erratic leadership that, in some some best case scenarios, drives it to create amazing things. But I'm also very worried about it. I don't know. I want there to be people who aren't Tesla that's helping us to a um, not zero emissions, just because energy creation takes that. It is not carbon neutral, but I, I, I want the electrification of, of our transportation to happen way sooner. And I, I don't want to rely on it only being Tesla's job. Yeah, I agree. There needs to be a lot more competition with EVs that that would that will be a, a good thing for Tesla and for the whole market. Yeah, I hope I hope the um, BMW is going to make um, an all electric X3. And I really hope that ends up being a mass market winner, but I'm I'm not super super confident in it Cybertruck. Mm. <sighs> the worst it's grown on me a lot i have no. to i have to say no. Um, no. i um i i put down the the hundred dollar deposit damn it ryan um i did that just the night of the announcement just because you know because you wanted to give an unsecured loan because that's what this is I know, but it was it was a hundred dollars. If if it was if it was the same thousand that the Model Three was, I don't think I would have done it. Um, in fact, I know I wouldn't have done it. Um, but I don't know. It it was just one of those things where you know it was just easy and um, um, carefree to do. And I get, well, there's a couple of thoughts. One is what I said at the beginning, which is. It, it's it's a really 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 weird looking car, but it it has grown on me. And then the other bigger piece here, I think, is that this is not the final design. I know that's sort of like what Musk has sort of pitched it as, but it it's not. And like the best examples of that are things like the lack of side mirrors and the design of the front. Um, lights with it just being like a single strip of lighting that's not legal in the u.s um so that i think the look of this car is going to change a bit before it actually comes um comes out so i'm i'm curious to see what they do this is silly and this is a way for what's two hundred and fifty thousand times 100 why don't i know math yeah, that was this was an easy ruse for him to get twenty five million dollars of unsecured funding, right? Basically, this is so dumb. I like going back to the Ford thing for a second. Like initially, was it what's the was it Diana Cowern? Who what, who's the person who made like the Tesla El Camino? Did you ever see that? I don't think so. Um, 
what did she who no well i'll I'll find it while while <laughs> the next time you're talking for an extended period of time i'll find it but somebody made a model three basically into a pickup truck and it looks really cool so insofar as forwards bread and butter is really high margin pickup trucks like i just don't understand where for, uh, tesla can't just make a ford f-250 competitor and just make an awesome electrified pickup and that would convince a lot of people who have zero interest in electric cars for a lot of reasons, or maybe they think, oh, some environmentally friendly thing is not for me. If you just make a kick-ass uh, pickup truck, that's going to appeal to a whole new audience that might not be considering a Tesla. And yet they have to make this monstrosity just to get a bunch of like tech press and get a bunch of people to put down $100 so that they don't have to go to the financial markets to raise money to fund creation of the Model 3 and the Model Y. Like, I just, no. No, and that whole thing of the shattered windows was planned, and all of this is so dumb. No. Yeah, I, I, I do definitely wish that it was even just a little more normal-looking. Because <laughs> um, this, this, this is the Homer car. I don't know if you watched The Simpsons, but you remember the Homer car? I, I, I don't, I don't really watch The Simpsons, and I, I don't know what this is. Okay, click it on the thing. Did this, did this get cropped off by uh, Disney Plus's uh, fucking widescreen <laughs> Disney Plus? Baby, Baby Yoda. Yeah, I don't know if that that's a really long Google link, so I don't know if that actually brought up what it was supposed to. But yeah, Homer Simpson designed a car, and he didn't say no to anything, and therefore it looks like that. That's kind of like, this is so silly. <laughs> no. Oh, they're still advertising full self-driving. Fuck. Well, okay, it's, com we... it's coming coming by December 31st, okay. right? We're running long. Or actually, we're running short, but we're running long on our uh, planned timeline. So can I get to a test drive that I took? Yes, let's, let's wrap on that. <sighs> okay. So I, I got to get a new car very soon. And I was like, you know what? Oh, jeez. It's... Oh, oh wow. yeah. It's... it's Wow. I... It's funny, we've been talking about this for like the last 18 months, and it's like... Not 18 months, but yeah, I, I'm very indecisive. Off, off and on, we've been talking about it, and I, I, it just occurred to me now that it's the month. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm screwed. Um, You're going to get a Model 3. I'm not, though. So, yeah, but, but you are. I'm not. Um, because I don't... I, I, I don't want to say negative things about it, because it is your car, but... No, no, bring it, bring it. <laughs> Yeah, the side mirrors look poorly constructed. Anyway, um, that's one that's one complaint. So I went to just because I'm like, I, you know what? I have never driven a Model Three. I I test driven a Model S a very very long time ago at a very weird event called Engadget Expand that happened like five years ago, and that was the first time I ever tried a model uh, a Tesla. And I was like, you know what? I the Model Three is within the but like if you option it out, like that doesn't that's in the budget that I am looking for and. A lot of people seem to have them and it's i like why not so i walked in it was fine and in uh central marin we have a tesla store right across from the apple store because why not and it's right next to an untuck it store and a peloton store because mm -hmm. everything is garbage what more do you need uh uh juice bros <laughs> uh, there's a joe in the juice uh of three doors down uh not the band so uh i test drove a model three uh, a very nice man uh, uh did the test drive with me um and 
me he was probably newer and i am definitely not going to hate uh or uh, criticize somebody too much on who's doing a new thing but there were a couple of things about the car and the demo that maybe weren't great hey brand um whoa hmm. very very unusual for him to bark like that i don't know if that'll come through in the final version but that gave me a fright Hmm. um so yeah, so it took it took like a three mile loop, and it was it was kind of weird. So they in the test drive uh, stress heavily, heavily on all of the um, autopilot features, and um, in traffic they were like, "Hey, you can do the thing where you um, double click the um, I think it's the right side stock or something to initiate mm-hmm. auto steer," and. Four out of the five times I tried it, it said auto steer is unavailable. So not great. Um, and it was it was in not like super bright sunlight. Like it was just it was two o'clock on a clear day. So it it, it seems like it should have worked. And then when it eventually did, it was I mean it was it was pretty impressive. Like I mean it was good lane centering and that kind of stuff. And it took three tries to get it to do the thing where it'll change lanes for you when it thinks it's clear. Um, that that worked on the third try. Were you so you were doing that in traffic? It was. I mean, it's, it's it was the, the one hundred and one South at two o'clock, so it wasn't it wasn't back uh, backed up. So it was. I mean, it was midday traffic, so stuff was flowing, but it wasn't like bumper to bumper at all. Hmm. I was going to so say because the, the the auto lane thing works pretty well for me, except for when you're in like bumper to bumper traffic, then it kind of falls apart. Yeah, so so he he advocated for that a lot, um, and like it was cool when it worked, but I was just like. I was actually really surprised that it didn't work that frequently. Like I, yeah, like it wasn't even just like one time. It it said it, auto steer was unavailable multiple well, you, times. There, I mean, there there sounds like there was something going on with your car because even that first issue where you were describing with auto steer giving you the the message that it was unavailable. Um, mm-hmm. I see that like every once in a while, but it's very very uncommon. So for you to see it like three or four times in one drive that that strikes me as there being something wrong yeah um and this is the other part about like the electric car that maybe maybe i'm just the wrong candidate for like i don't drive that aggressively like i drive appropriately like i drive generally like you know five to ten miles over the speed limit and i'm a courteous driver i'm not like a passive or what was it called defensive driver um but i like the fact that evs can accelerate like insanely quickly like that's not a a draw for me like i want an agile and like a powerful car but i don't want something that like that like the instant torque that you get on um, an ev like isn't that critical to me so i don't know it was fine and i guess to round it out um uh on the way back um this was like yeah two or three o'clock on a weekday afternoon so traffic going north uh, on the 101 was not great so that's when he suggested i use the um autopilot is this just called autopilot when you're letting it drive itself in slow traffic right yeah yeah it was um it was fine it I was actually smartly identifying all the cars around you um on the little screen and it was following with a safe distance but not too conservatively um and it was good but the problem was that um I asked, and, and this was kind of a, a knowing question. It was kind of lame to ask it, but I was like, oh, so do I have to, like, how does the car know that you're paying attention? Do I have to do anything to, like, signal that I'm still here, ready to go? He's like, and then he said, no, I know people who just take naps in their car while driving. I'm like, what? Don't, why, why would you say that? 
But then also after about 45 seconds of um, driving without my hand on the steering wheel, um, the car on the left side of the screen started flashing blue. And I was like, oh, what, what, what does that mean? And he's like, oh, I've never seen that before. And then eventually it said it started pulsing blue more quickly and then said uh, autopilot is not available for the rest of this drive or whatever. So yeah, the demo wasn't great, but I kind of like it was it was pretty impressive. Like the the, the traffic jam assist or whatever you would call it, like the autopilot thing. Like that was that was pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah, autopilot especially in bumper to bumper traffic works exceptionally well. Um and it, it a lot of the feedback you were getting from the Tesla rep that you were with, it it does sound like this was just kind of a, a newer a newer guy who just didn't quite know all the details. Um because the um um like i guess it's like a torque sensor that's built into the steering wheel like that's kind of a primary um function of autopilot like if you use autopilot with any regularity like you just know like that's how it senses that you're paying attention and you, you know the whole pulsing blue light if you don't have your hands you know firmly enough on the wheel like anybody who's used autopilot again with any kind of regularity would know that so this seems like yeah 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 but overall like i liked the sparse interior looks nice um this car had the white leather which i think is a little too ostentatious and little little prints for me but um yeah it was nice and uh what was the last thing mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was Oh, and then on the touchscreen, yeah, I find it weird that you can browse the web uh, while you're driving, while the car's in motion. Yeah, you you told me about that. I, I I've never tried accessing it while driving, but I always thought that it fell under the same category that um, like Netflix does, where you can only access it while in park. But it sounds like that's not the case. Yeah. So overall, I mean, the Model Three is maybe number four or five on my list. I don't know. I, if I were to get it, I would have to get an order in very soon to get the California tax incentives or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, it's probably not just because again, the range anxiety thing um, is still a thing. Just because I, I don't own a home, so therefore, just charging it at home regularly is not an option. And even though superchargers are abundant, and apparently there's going to be two more in Marin County very soon, um, still seems challenging yeah you need you need a charger at home that would be kind of the in order to have an eb you need you need to have that i mean in your situation you could get by without but it would be a much better experience with yeah so yeah interesting and also inside the tesla store they had three of those little um toddler radio flyer mini model s's which i thought was very on the nose (laughs) yeah all right um what we got for chef specials all right so i've got one that's very on brand um from your favorite company design peak i'll send this to you so this is a non-camera thing that they do this is their wash pouch which is just their fancy phrase for a toiletry bag um, I've been kind of in the market for a new toiletry bag for a while the the one that i had before i've had for years um there were just some things about it i didn't love um so i've been kind of looking for a new one this is it's it's a it's a wonderful bag it's really really good um 
you know, the best thing about it is the fact that it, it fits a ton of stuff, but when it zips up, it compresses nice and tight. Um, it has a bunch of storage pockets and things, which I sort of use, but don't necessarily, you know, don't come close to using all of them. Um, it's got a hook, which is really nice. Um, I just don't really have anything negative to say about it. It's, it's, I've, I've, um, traveled with it a bit now, um, and I've been kind of using it permanently, (laughs) uh, the last few weeks since I'm not in my, uh, not, (laughs) not in my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's really, really good. It just, it fits a ton of stuff. Um, but again, kind of compresses down nice and compact so that it's easy to, to bring with you a hmm. uh, little, little pricey for what it is, but, um, seems like something that'll <laughs> last a really long time. So assuming that that's the case, I think, yeah, that that's the way you could justify the price. Yeah. I think that could be their company motto. Yeah, pr- pretty much. <laughs> Uh, that make good stuff though. Um, interesting. Yeah. I've always used just those little Eagle Creek pouches for toiletry stuff, but that, that's becoming untenable or it's not, I've always kind of resisted these kits cause they seemed not that functional, but this one looks good. It's, it's really, it's really, really good. The, they have a picture here where it's kind of hanging on a little towel rack and it's kind of mostly all exposed. Does it really stay like that where it, nothing falls out? I haven't actually used the hook yet, so I can't okay. I can't attest to that. I think I think it's the way that they have it set up where they're actually using all of the pouches like that, it probably would. I, I tend to have more stuff that's just sort of loosely in there. Mm-hmm. So I would probably not have as much success trying to use it this way. Um Interesting. Yeah, it's 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 really, really good. Cool. Um, let me look in my private notes and see if I have anything. Oh, wow. And looking at this, looking at the little video they have, I think it it has a compartment I didn't even know it had. (laughs) (laughs) Um, do, do I have anything? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Finally found it. Um, so Amazon had a couple of Black Friday deals on, um, or like holiday deals uh, on cookbooks. And I was like, oh yeah, I want a good, nice, clean way to put this in my kitchen. And they had, uh, so I went looking for cookbook stands or book holders made for a kitchen. And I found this one. Uh, and just like everything that's like just drop shipped straight from China, it's got a very fun name. So it's A plus book stand BS 2500 large book holder with adjustable foldable tray. Um, but it's great. It's really well made. Um, it holds very large cookbooks very nicely. It's pretty elegant. It's nice. Um, I don't know if it's bamboo or what it is, but it's it's a nice material, and I like it a ton. Um, and also, you should add to your cart on Amazon if you don't already have it. Uh, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which is a great Netflix series and also a great cookbook uh, from Samin uh, Nasrat, and she ha- and they have had that book on sale a couple of times over the holidays. And I picked up a second copy for $12 for like a $30 cookbook. So you should keep that in your Amazon cart and see if it goes on sale again, because that would be a very good um, uh, kitchen amenity. But yeah, but this book stand is awesome. I mean, anything that's titled A+, I mean, how can you? <laughs> I think of the, I mean, okay, if we ever start making stuff, we should have a brand called Number One Plus. <laughs> like whatever the guy from HP said WebOS would be. And then our company name is going to be called uh, Design Peak. 
Mm, I think that might still be trademarked. <laughs> a smart company would have trademarked every anagram or every mispronunciation of their name. Oh, we'll, we'll look into it. Mm-hmm.